an excerpt of an interview by Pelin Davish and Yokan Karakush on September 4th, 2012 with Una Kurdar at his home in Teşvikye, Istanbul. My father Lutfi Kurdar passed away in 1961 at the age of 74 in Yassı Ada. I imagine he died in torment and pain and his last words are proof to that. He was a man who had dedicated his whole life to the Turkish Republic, a doctor who was born in Kirkuk, a place that is outside of Turkey today but had been included in Turkey in the plans drawn up during the Turkish War of Independence. He finished his elementary and middle school studies there. After high school, his father sends him to Istanbul to further his education. He would tell us the story of his 40-day car trip, being the vehicle of transportation at that time, he arrives by car and enters into medical school. When the Balkan Wars began, he along with all of his classmates left that last year of medical school to go to war, and unfortunately we lose in the Balkan Wars. They come back, graduate, and one year after graduation, World War I begins. In World War I, my father once again goes to the front to serve as a doctor. He is a doctor serving the Southern Legion under Jamal Pasha. He returns upon the loss of the war and straight away forms the Türk Ocakları, Turkish associations with Halide Edip Adivar and at that same time works at the newly formed Kızılay under Hilali Ahmer. When the national war starts, my father leaves along with his crew for Erzurum at a time when Atatürk holds the Erzurum assembly. He serves as a doctor on all fronts especially in Nazili from that year until the end of the National War. During the years that the Republic is formed, instead of throwing himself into politics, he goes to Paris to do his specialization, and then goes on to Vienna and completes his specialization as an ophthalmologist. He comes back at the age of 37, marries my mother, and is assigned to Izmir as a director of health. Ataturk had always wanted to see my father in Parliament, so my father is offered a seat in Parliament. He becomes a representative from Kutahia. And Ataturk decides that our cities need development, and he chooses two, three people among his own members of parliament to be assigned to become governors, and even though my father is a doctor, he is assigned to be the governor of Manisa. In the two years that he is the governor, my father did many great things in Manisa. After some time, my father is appointed to Istanbul as governor and mayor. He was a man that had served the city for 10 years. At the time my father came to Istanbul, Ataturk, two years before he passed away, had Professor Prost, one of France's most important city planners, and the man who had designed the city of Algeria, come to Istanbul to design the city plans. When my father arrived, these designs were partly finished. With a wonderful collaboration, he worked with Professor Prost and the Turkish architects Prost had trained for the next 11 years. They took many of the great steps to modernize the city. In those plans, there were two large parks. One of these parks could not be realized, even though it had been all planned. The plan was to open Ataturk Bridge, and give the space on the right-hand side of Atatürk Boulevard all the way to Yenikapı to be the largest park in the city. This would have been park number one. Park number two was to have been the relatively modern area from Taksim to Machka and from Machka to Dolmabahçe. That plan had passed the city assembly and had been accepted by the government. As a son, I am proud of this work of us the most. This public space from Taksim to Machka and from Machka to Besiktas can be considered the lungs of the city. These green spaces and parks are one of my father's gifts to Istanbul. Park number two was developed as such, and then unfortunately, parts of it had been illegally parceled and sold. For example, let us take Taksim Gezi. It became useless. They placed the wedding bureau, hookah cafes, and parking lots for the traffic police, and they turned that beautiful park into a useless space. Taksim Gazinosu, which was once an important cultural center of the city, was demolished and a hotel was built. In the same way, the Istanbul municipality tennis courts were turned down, and the Hyatt Regency Hotel was built in its place. However, the most important of all, and the one that is unforgivable, 
The space that was once open to the public right in the middle of the park was torn from the city and became the Hilton Hotel and the Gardens of the Hilton. This was an act that was completely against administrative law. What is even worse, now this public space was turned into personal property and then sold. This is why the hotel is still there. The park is still surrounding it, but the public cannot make use of it. In the same way, when we take a look at the rest of the park, we see a private garage called the Opel Garage. I believe that most of these were against Turkish expropriation laws. In the years at the beginning of the war, when he was assigned to Istanbul in 1938, my father was planning three large projects to answer the cultural needs of the city. One of these was an indoor theater. Istanbul at that time had a population of around 700,000. 600,000 the year he was assigned and 800,000 the year he left. It had not reached a million yet. When one thought of that scale, the first thing he thought of was an opera building. After he opens Taksim Square and builds Gezi, he starts a project to build the Istanbul Opera, the city's most majestic building in a position at Taksim Square overlooking the Bosphorus. He has French architect Auguste Perret and then Turkish architects work on the first designs for the opera building. I want to underline the capacity of this building. This is an opera building that can house 2,700 viewers. The foundation is laid on May 29, 1946, the day Istanbul was conquered, and his desire was that it would be open in the 500th year of that conquest. But alas, his years in Istanbul was not enough for this. After he left, the opera building was completed, but if I am not mistaken, in a much more limited capacity. His second project was the creation of an outdoor theater, which was possible due to the temperate climate in the city. This he was able to accomplish. The open-air theater, Açıkavutiyatrosu. The third one, and the one I think is the most important, was the creation of a conservatory where people could be trained to perform in these various spaces. In those years, the 15th year of the Republic, the conservatories were seen at the jurisdiction of the municipalities. Istanbul Conservatory was part of the Istanbul Municipality and was in a small building in Beşiktaş. My father's last great wish was to see this conservatory grow and expand in a way that he saw fit for the city. For this purpose, he envisioned acquiring the Italian Consulate Building in Machka from the government. In this grand conservatory, he imagined there would be huge concert halls and steps were taken to educate researchers in opera and European music and Turkish music history. But this plan could not be realized and the building was given back to the government. It is now a school building in Machka. If we look over the numbers that were seen as necessary back in 1950 for a city of 800,000, an open-air theater of 4,000, an opera for 2,700, then I feel it is up to the people of the city, the people who love the city and the people who run the city, to calculate the needs of an Istanbul of 15 million.